In the wake of Me Too, Time's Up, and the growing list of public figures who have been called out for sexual assault and misconduct, it can seem like exciting, spontaneous, and satisfying sex is an unattainable ideal. That sex is too deeply buried beneath misinformation, violence, and shame to be enjoyed anymore. And yet, I know from personal experience that that is not true. Despite the odds, people are having great sex all the time, but they don't always get the chance to talk about it. Well, today, listeners, I'm here to change that. My name is Robin, and this is The Peak. Greetings, listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Peak, the talk show about what makes good sex good. My name is Robin, and I'm here with my friend Ariana today. How are you today? Excellent. Super happy to be here. Cool. I'm so happy that we finally got together because you expressed interest right when I launched the show. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I not a lot of people talk super positively about sex, and even when they do, they don't really have in-depth conversations about it. So I've always been super excited to be able to sit down and talk, you know, openly and honestly about sex because that's something that you don't get very often. Yeah, except like late night sleepover conversations with Yeah, exactly. And that's more... I feel like that sort of has like some sort of shock factor to it. You know, you're all girls, you have a glass of wine, you've been watching rom-coms, that kind of thing, and you kind of intersperse it with like, oh, this one time we did this. Oh, my goodness. But you never actually sit down and, um, or it's very rare anyways, to sit down and have like an open discourse about, you know, good sex. Without any wine involved. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today is the day. Yes. So why don't we start out with you introducing yourselves to the listener, yourself, there's only one of you that I'm aware of, (laughs) introducing yourself to the listeners and describing your sexual personality. Oh, goodness. Um, Okay, well, uh, again, my name's Ariana, and I am a college grad. I do a lot of things with theater, which honestly kind of helps my, like, sexual expression. Um, From a very early age, I went to um, like a fine arts school and then I was involved in theater productions on all different sides and then I kind of specialized to do wigs and makeup for opera companies, Um, which was a lot of fun, but it also kind of showed me like um, that there isn't one, like it's not a binary, you know, like you, you don't have straight and you don't have gay. Or, I mean, you do, but there's so much more, like, between that and it's okay to be anywhere between that and it's okay if you're, um, you know, if you're pan, if you're bi, anything that you want to, you know, identify as and your gender and sexuality expression is um, incredibly varied from person to person. Um, So that kind of helped me realize that I'm not straight. I am. I'm cisgender, but I uh, identify as pansexual, and I quite enjoy um, open relationships, that kind of thing. And that's something that I think was very early influenced by my theater career, mm-hmm. um, because you there, there's something to be said. You do get a lot of gay people in theater. You know, that's a really great way for people to be able to express themselves. Um, 
and it's a very accepting community. So that really, you know, there's there's no judgment. You know, if you're a diva and you walk in as a diva, like everyone's going to judge you because that's really shitty to do. But past that, you could really be, you know, anything and anyone, and it's totally fine. So you think it's the accepting nature of theater communities that make them more open to queer people? Definitely. Um, I mean, the amounts of times where I've had, like, free time um, between, like, scenes and stuff, and I would have a guy come in and be like, hey, can you, like, just do me in total drag makeup, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It would be so much fun. And, you know, they, they could go and walk around in full drag, and no one would, you know, batter an eye. It's just bat an eye. Um, and it's, you know, really cool because you'll also have, like, people coming in, um, we, we would have people who were, um, like, who would come in because they were gender fluid and they would come in as, like, male one day and female the next. And it was just, like, they would play the part as they needed to on stage. But past that, you know, you can be whoever you want to be. And, again, it's kind of, like, as long as you're not a diva, as long as you're not high maintenance, as long as you're not difficult to work with, you can really do basically whatever you want. Um, and it's a very accepting community because if you get the work done and you're good at your job, then past that, we have no expectations of what you're going to be like personally. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's also like the history of people performing different genders within theater. Like in Shakespeare's time, men were playing all of the roles, the female roles included. Yep. Um and if it's also just the nature of the blatant performative nature of theater that sort of like reminds people that all life is a performance, you can play whatever role you want, and like theater gives people the opportunity to try on different characters and realize that they might be different than the person they originally thought they were. Yeah, definitely. But also, like, just looking at it from another perspective, like, men. Um, men aren't supposed to wear makeup air quotes I don't believe that at all but that's a huge societal thing you know makeup is for women and not for men you know dresses are for women and not for men but every man who goes on to stage has makeup on you know that that's a part of the job um and not a lot of people really think about that but you know any man he could be the most you know quote-unquote macho man that you've ever seen in your life he's still gonna have like three layers of makeup on probably has a wig you know um Mm -hmm. sometimes are wearing like corsets or garters to kind of you know give them a certain body shape for the character that they're supposed to be Mm -hmm. and there is some aspect of kind of drag to that you know there there is that aspect of um I don't really want to define it as like a more feminine nature because that's what societally it is, but also... But it's like activities that we are socialized to associate with femininity Yeah, that they are now like participating in. Exactly. And girls get that too from a different perspective. Like I can't tell you how many pant roles I have played over the course (laughs) of my life. So theater is definitely an opportunity to be part of a... welcoming uh, community and to explore different types of gender performance. Exactly, yeah, and it's it's really, really freeing because 
I've actually, there have been a couple of people who I've worked with who actually found out about their sexuality during the course of a show, realizing, oh my God, I really love putting makeup on. Um, There's this one guy that I worked with who's absolutely incredible, but um, found out that though he's straight, he really likes doing drag. And because part of his role was he was a woman on stage and he absolutely adored the act of, you know, putting on the, the corset and the fake bust and getting all done up and everything like that. Um, and now is quite happily enjoying a career as a, you know, drag artist, so. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I loved that. All right, so let's get into our next question. Uh, can you tell us about y- the first time you had sex or a significant early sexual experience? Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm going to give you two stories. Cool. Um So, like I told you, I went to a fine arts school, um, but I actually switched to a private school, which was um, a lot more, I I don't know how to describe it, Um, conservative, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Um, The amount of times I had girls, you know, come up to me asking me questions about their own sexual anatomy because they had absolutely no idea what was going on. It it was one of those schools, you know. Um, So, but the theater community was still quite open, um, but they were kind of the outcasts of the school a little bit. Um, I'm sure lots of theater kids can relate to that. Yeah, definitely. But I, when I first came in, I met this one guy, um, Chris, and really cool guy. We are still friends today, still talk. Um, there's still definitely um, like a paternal kind of, not paternal, familial kind of love there, I guess. Like very good friends, wish him all the best. Um, but he was a huge factor actually as well in my sexuality because um, we, we we weren't judgmental with each other. Um, but so... <laughs> We were, uh, there was this big theater conference that select um, people in our theater program were invited to come to. And so we, uh, we would be traveling to Houston, I believe, um, and getting a hotel and everything like that. And I was about, it would be during my 17th birthday. So the plan was that we were going to go and we were going to lose our virginities to each other. Um, cause we'd been you planned for it. Yeah, we planned for it. Um, which apparently not a lot of people do, but we were, we'd been together for like six months at that point and had done everything, but, and it was this big thing. But the reason that we waited, if I'm remembering correctly, was because I was really scared about the pain aspect of your first time having sex, mm-hmm. the whole concept of, oh, you know, popping the cherry, and you have these horror stories of women who are, you know, curled up in a ball in excruciating pain, that kind of thing, uh, which is, it's, it's ridiculous, you know, even as a um, very sexually open teenager at that point, I, I had no idea that that was, you know, incorrect. Uh, so the week before we were supposed to leave. Um, we had this one bathroom that we would always, you know, meet up in and everything like that. And at school, at school, yeah, it was right across from the. Um, it was backstage in the theater area. It was essentially what we used as a green room because we didn't actually have a green room. Yeah. Um, and so I told him to meet me there, and 
letting him know that, you know, I was really scared. I wanted, I, I think I phrased it like I wanted to check on something. And this is going to be the most awkward <laughs> conversation. Um, I got into the bathroom and he was there like really excited, but also really nervous. Um, and I had him lay down on the floor and I straddled him, but I was wearing the, the skirt and we had to wear shorts and like underwear. And I didn't take any of that off. I literally just pulled it to the side and like blew him for a second. So that was hard. And then I like gently sat myself down mm-hmm. and everything and there was no pain. And I was so, I had built this thing up so much in my mind that I was just, I just sat there surprised. And then I stood up and I was like, okay, I'll see you later. And I walked out. (laughs) So that was technically me losing my virginity. Listeners, you can't see me, but my eyes just went into like saucer plates and I looked around like that gif of John Travolta being like, what? 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 Which is, I'm sure, how your oh uh, yeah definitely felt. <laughs> yeah, he he texted me and he's like, "Are you coming back?" And I was like, "No, I'll see you later." Because in just in my head, like that, I was there purely to get over. I was there to get the painful part out of the way, so that when we actually had sex, it wouldn't hurt and it would be good. Did you tell him that's what you were going to do? Apparently not. <laughs> I was just so freaked out about it. You know, it got yeah. in my head, and. So yeah, apparently he just kind of stayed in the bathroom and finished himself, and then we saw each other later, and it was fine. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so then the first time that we actually had sex was we were at the conference, and um, we were in the hotel room. There were both places that we were supposed to be, but we weren't. Basically, this this thing had like three teacher chaperones, and then past that, it was just like, eh. So you could really do whatever you wanted. You know, there was an open list of activities that you could go to. And then, you know, um, if you were in part of a play, then you had to be at a certain place at a certain time. Or if you were showing off uh, designs, you had to be, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But we both kind of had like empty blocks and we knew that his roommate had something that he was doing. And... It was a really nice experience. It wasn't good, you know? Like, I don't think it's ever good your first time, but it wasn't bad, you know? Um, It was very... I don't know. It It was actually, it was decent, you know? And it was loving and soft, but also, you know, exciting and kind of scary at the same time. Mm -hmm. And... um, we were safe about it, and God, with this partner, I had so many funny stories. Um, so at the end, um, I had already come to completion, which I wasn't expecting, which was excellent. Um, and he was very close, and I wanted to be really sexy, so I was like, I want you to come on my stomach. Okay. Um, but it was his first time. So he didn't quite realize how close he was. Um, So he pulled out, pulled off the condom and came all over my um, vagina, basically, or like my labia and everything like that. Yeah. Um, 
And I freaked because I was not on birth control. And part of me was like, holy shit, I'm going to get pregnant. Uh, and he started freaking out. And I was like, I ran and I got into the shower and I was like, how do I rinse this off? Because like, I didn't want to take the shower, like hose head and like stick it between my legs blasting up. Cause I didn't want to get anything inside. You didn't want inside. to get inside. Yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of ruined the experience because I had to send him out looking for plan B at like in Houston, he didn't know where he was. I didn't know where I was. He didn't know where anything was. And he wasn't able to get it. We went home the next day. And basically, he drove back to Fort Worth. And I had already been there. And he managed to pick up Plan B from another, like, just a pharmacy. And then the plan was that he was going to bring it over to me and stay for dinner. So it's not, like, sketchy. And... um so he came over, but then he needed to go to his parents for dinner. So basically he walked in, he handed me, pardon me, he handed me a pillow pet that we had at the time um, that we passed around the theater department called Chlamydia. And the joke is, I gave you Chlamydia. Oh my gosh. We were kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it had like the plan B like inside it. And then he just kind of turned, said How hello covert. to my parents. Yeah. <laughs> and then just walked out the door. And I ran up to my room and... Uh, was taking the pills as my mom walked in and she realized that I was sexually active and that was a very fun conversation. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first, second, first time? First and a half. First and a half, yeah. <laughs> in your defense, I don't think you ruined the situation yeah, by no. <laughs> being concerned for your like sexual health. Yeah, that's true. It was just looking back on it I was like oh my god I was so young you know it's just the the naivety that kind of comes with it and also the the lack of any kind of knowledge in that area because it had been so built up but also so taboo but also so you know it, it's it's repressed in America I feel like it is definitely so. but I mean I think you're both still very fortunate because, like, you were prepared, you had a condom. Yeah, that's true. You knew about Plan B and that you could get it. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that's a fun story, personally. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, yes, no, you're definitely right. It is more repressed in um, America than it needs to be. And also more fetishized. Um yeah. Everyone just needs to talk about it more, which is why we're here. Yes, exactly. So tell me about some of your best sexual experiences. Oh my goodness. Um, before I start like um, gushing about my current partner, <laughs> uh, I have one great story with one more great story with Chris um, that I would like to share that's sure. more funny than anything. Because okay. I, 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 I love to find the joy in sex. I love having, having a partner that I can laugh about sex with. I don't I don't think that sex is supposed to be serious and uh, sexy all the time. It can be funny, like your body is going to make weird noises. There's going to be weird, like, liquid goes everywhere. You know, it's it's a funny act to perform. <laughs> um, so anyways, his, his family was moving out to New Mexico and... A lot of the drive to New Mexico is basically like two-lane highway, like you have one lane each way, right? Um, and you won't see any people for long stretches of time. I've been on I-40. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just goes, right? So his parents were in the car in front of us, and they had the cats, and like they couldn't see us because they had like all of these boxes in their backseat uh -huh. and everything, and then we were in the truck. Um, and it was one of those trucks where there's no divider mm -hmm. in between the seats. 
Uh, so we were on the highway and he's like, hey, I'm horny. I was like, hey, horny, I'm dad. Um, <laughs> but essentially, um, he was like, yeah, get on top of me, get on top of me, get on top of me. And so I did. Like you sat in his lap? Yeah, I sat and basically like I was facing the back of the car like I could see out the back and he was like driving facing forwards while we were having sex on the highway. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And it was horrible sex for me because it was like very little penetration was actually happening because there's not the space for that kind of stuff. Cars are not designed for people to be having sex while yeah. driving. Yeah. Well, plus, like, he was six foot one. I was six foot, even at that Goodness. point. So it was just, it was not conducive. But it was hilarious. Um, yeah, it was a great story. That's funny. <laughs> so that's, like, my most, like, uh, exciting sex. I get. Not really, like, in a sexual manner, but it was just, like, It's the weird. most risque. It, thank you. Exactly. From what I hear, there will be cars that are probably going to be designed to have sex in soon because of the whole, like, self-driving cars that are happening. They're on the horizon, (laughs) and, like, you know that people are going to be like, I don't even have to go to a hotel anymore. I can just call this driverless vehicle that has a bed in it Yep. and, like, fuck this person. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I... So maybe I'll get another opportunity for better car sex. That would be really nice. I just remember there were so many times where I was like crammed into the back of this car, like just trying to find a position where we weren't like kicking each other and it was more like painful, like more pleasure than pain kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but no, okay, good sex. Um, so the partner that I'm with currently, um, and we have a crazy amount of history together. Um, we started seeing each other. We met during a camp when we were both like 12 years old. Um, And I was one of those really awkward kids who didn't believe that anyone could possibly like me. But as I was obsessed with like that teen romance thing, you know, Uh, so, so much angst. Um, And basically we, we didn't see, we didn't date during the camp, but uh he lived out in Lavernia, really close to here, and I was up in Fort Worth. And we exchanged phone numbers to, you know, stay friends because I didn't expect that he would ever like me, but I was, you know, kind of low-key obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, pardon me. Um, and we started texting and essentially professed our love for each other over text message, and it was young and innocent and adorable and kind of disgusting and yeah but we only ever texted we didn't really have the opportunity to see each other again so obviously that fell apart um and then you know kind of a few years later it was my sophomore year uh, at trinity and i basically like found out i found out through his mom because he and his mom and I were friends on Facebook and I found out through his mom that, um, he had just gotten into UTSA. Oh, cool. So we hadn't talked for ages. So I sent him this message saying, congratulations. I am super, super proud of you. Well done. I know we haven't talked in forever, but I'm in San Antonio. If you ever need anything, um, I have a car, just, you know, here's my phone number, emergency contact, just if you ever need anything, you know, was, was the basis of it. And, um, He was in a very, very toxic relationship at the time, and I got a 
basically a message back saying like don't ever contact me again because essentially his his girlfriend had seen that and freaked out um so then cut to like maybe a year later um and i got this really long message while i was working up in north carolina from him that was just the most heartfelt apology that I'd ever seen in my life. And it was incredible, so sweet. Like, I uh, just saying how much he regretted what he did and how um, he never expects me to speak to him again, you know, that kind of thing, explaining the whole situation. And I was like, I'm, I'm cool with it. Like, if you're cool, I'm cool. Um, and so basically we met back up uh, a year later and I was with someone at the time but we saw each other and sparks flew and it was insane. Like it was, it was so much of this just sexual energy that the two of us have together and the whole want, need, desire all the time and just talking all the time, wanting to be together. Um, but I didn't really know how to break up with the guy that I was with. And so we wouldn't do anything. And then, um, I, broke up with my partner at the time in a really shitty way that I'm really not proud of. Um, and we got together and it was amazing. And that's when we started to like have sex and kind of learn about each other. And then I was getting out of kind of this, um, I kind of, I had a couple things happen to me when I was younger. Um, I say younger, it like college years younger, but younger than me right now. Um, And my way of kind of getting back to myself and relearning about myself and being positive about myself is I would kind of throw myself into the extremes of sexuality. Um, Very, like, hardcore BDSM and subdom relationships, that kind of thing. And I kind of... I would go into that for a little while and kind of rediscover myself and then come out the other side... And then be in a very vanilla monogamous relationship. And that didn't really work out too well because it was, you know, one extreme to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm... So neither like hardcore BDSM or just like straight vanilla was your thing. Right. Well, I have phases of really enjoying the spicier side. Sure. Um, but I tend to be kind of middling i really enjoy things i really enjoy things like pegging i think that's a lot of fun i really enjoy like role play um you know impact play breath play things like that but it's the very very hardcore stuff or the complete subservience that's required in certain subdom relationships that i'm not so much a fan of every day kind of thing but anyway so i was i was in this um very vanilla relationship when Kyle kind of came back into my life. Sorry to name drop. Um, But I know he's going to be listening to this. (laughs) Uh, And he had actually just gotten out of a relationship with um, a man and he was kind of exploring his own sexuality as well. Um, And so we both broke up with our partners and got together and it was very freeing, I think, for both of us to... I I really love having a partner who... um, 
you know, is bisexual. He enjoys doing drag. He loves dressing up. He loves being feminine and, you know, masculine at the same time or being hard in one direction one day and hard in the other direction the next. And it's, it was really, really freeing and really nice to kind of go back into, uh, actually not back into, he was really my first relationship that was very sex and gender positive because um, his family was, is, you know, relatively conservative, but also incredibly accepting of him. Um, and my parents kind of, um, they accepted it, but in a very quiet manner, I guess. Like, they, they weren't outwardly like, oh yeah, you know, whatever you do, we totally accept you. They're more like, be safe, be yourself, kind of thing. And that was, that was mostly the conversation that was had. Um, wow, this is supposed to be about sex and not relationships. <laughs> they're, they're inextricable from each other. They really are. It's, it's about sex and it's also about intimacy and communication and romance and love. So say what you got to say. Okay. Um, so anyways, that, that part of our relationship together, um, lasted about six months. I went abroad and we didn't do very well long distance. I met someone while I was there and we were kind of in an open relationship, but I developed feelings for this other person um, who was also very sex positive, but in a very aggressive way. Like um, one of those people who, um, how can I describe him? No sex is bad sex, like an incredibly voracious sexual appetite. And don't get me wrong, the sex with him was incredible. He knew what he was doing, um, but it was also his his sexual appetite was unquenchable. Um, and it kind of like I came back to the States and it got to the point where I couldn't keep up with him because we were separate. And we would be seeing other people, but also, um, he would very much, uh, God, how do I describe it? The further we were apart and the more time we spent apart, the more controlling he got over my sexual life. The guy in, um... In England. In England? Yeah. Um, which made things really difficult. Um, essentially, like, I, during this time, like, he really encouraged me to go out and have sex with whoever I wanted to, and I would. Um, and I had some really amazing experiences. I went to, uh, I was literally flown out to Kansas City by this couple who were absolutely incredible, really sweet. Um, and uh, I spent, you know, uh, basically two days with them just, you know, to have a threesome and enjoy each other. And it was really nice. Um, and they, ha they have kids and everything and they just occasionally, they like to invite someone else like into their life. And it was, it was incredible because, um, basically I got there and I was kind of expecting, like in, in my mind, I was kind of, I was there to have sex, you know? Um, but as soon as they picked me up from the airport, like they took me out to eat, they took me out to a movie, they made sure that I was comfortable in every way. Um, and when we finally got to the hotel, it turns out that it wasn't like 
me that they should have been, you know, easing into it. It was kind of like I should have been easing them because it was a, it was obvious that they hadn't really done this in a while. Um, and the man, he was very excited, but his wife was a lot more timid mm-hmm. um, and gorgeous. Oh, my God. Absolutely intensely gorgeous. Like one of those women that you expect to like walk straight out of a catalog, you know, and she wow. had kids, but she was perfect, you know, insane. Um and she was so soft. That's the biggest thing I was I remember is she was so soft and so sweet and um like he was very much like uh animalistic, but she was just I don't know how to like it, it kind of felt like she was floating above it all. You know? Hmm. There was kind of this transcendental quality about her um and unfortunately so we were both on our periods at the same time and it was horrible because we had booked the flight you know like we couldn't just you know reschedule everything so and um the husband had no problem with that he didn't mind and I don't have a problem with but blood and I was like begging her like can I please I just want to I want to eat you out so bad um but she was very like nope can't do that so but it was still, it was so much fun. Um, and we spent like a good couple hours just, you know, we had, you know, drinks and we would have sex for a little bit. And it was always, you know, amazing. And we would make sure that at least like two of the three of us got off. Um, and then, you know, we'd take a break for a little bit and then we'd come back at it. Um, and by the time that I left, uh, we we're still in contact to this day, you know, um, I I had formed, you know, two really great friendships. I hadn't, I hadn't expected to have, you know, a friendship out of that situation, but it turns out, you know, they're really, really great people and they're really nice and we would actually be friends. And I'm really glad that I met them and was able to have that experience with them. Um, wow. Yeah. How do you, like, navigate that kind of situation? Like, did you guys, I assume you guys met online? Yes. Okay. And did you guys talk for a while first, or was it like they put out like a call or something, and you were like, "Yes, I'm interested." <laughs> no, um, I don't remember what app it was. I know that it was an app, um, and I'm pretty sure it, it, it. I know that it was a threesome app, but there are a couple out there. I don't remember specifically which one it was, because um, I basically I have everything. <laughs> <laughs> I am on everything, um, or I was, and I'm not so much anymore. But we can get back that later um yeah so I basically um I would have my profile up saying that I was interested in men women couples that kind of groups um and they contacted me and it was kind of a bit like tinder like you have a profile and you have your bio and everything that says stuff about you that's never quite true like it's not untrue but it's a very very condensed like version of what you think you are it's the 100 characters or less version of yes you. exactly um and so they contacted me saying we think that you're really cool uh, we think you're really interesting um would you like to talk just purely that i was like yeah okay um so i gave them my number and um he called me on the phone um, and we talked for like two hours, you know, and basically he, he was like, I, I didn't know whether or not I should call you or text you, but I, I don't really like to text, but I really wanted to talk to you. I really wanted to have a conversation with you because you seem like um, a kind of person that we'd be interested in seeing. Um, 
And basically every night for like a week and a half, we were just talking every night. Um, and I wouldn't get to talk to her because she was working, but he would tell me all about her. And it, it was obvious like how insanely in love with this woman he is. Like she she is incredible and he is utterly devoted to her. Like it's, it's one of those fairy tale kind of loves where you're just like, oh my God, you know? Um, and, you know, at the end of the week and a half, he was like, I, you know, we were going to come to San Antonio. I'm not sure if that's going to happen anymore. Um, but we would love to meet you. Would you be willing to fly up? And I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. And kind of jumped in because I figured, you know, there's, there's times to be afraid and nervous. And I realized the fact that, you know, I'm flying out to this city where I don't know anyone. I'm totally reliant on them picking me up and providing for me while I'm there, you know, that kind of thing. But also a week and a half of just, you know, being able to talk about anything with this guy and the the absolute sweetness that he talks about his wife with and his family and his kids and everything. And it just really put me at ease. So I was like, yeah, why not? Let, let's do it. Um, so that, yeah, that was the surrounding situation. Wow. <laughs> That's so fascinating. Yeah. Cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then the, the partner that I was with, the England partner, the controlling, um, basically I got back and he wanted to hear all about it. So I was telling him about it and everything and it wasn't enough. You know, and he, he would get pissed because I wasn't describing it well enough and I wasn't. And it's like, it was it was two days. I can't, I, I can't recount every single sex position that we did or, you know, however many times I made him or her come or anything like that. And that, um, that aggressiveness and controlling just got worse and worse and worse until everything finally fell apart. Um, and then... Uh, it was this whole big thing and Kyle, my current partner, um, we were supposed to be moving in together as roommates and we moved in together as roommates and then we were together as partners. It was kind of like we were living together and there was all of this, everything was there again, mm -hmm. you know, um, and it was incredible. We would stay up and we would just talk for hours on end at night, just nonstop about absolutely anything, you know? And it was, and I realized that I've never had a partner who was my best friend before. And that's really what Kyle is now. And the sex is better than anything in the whole wide world. It's cause we both grown so much and, but we also know each other really well. And it's electric, it's incredible, and it's sweet, and it's soft, and it's passionate, and it's exciting, and it's everything that I could possibly want. Like, And he's such a giver in bed as well. It's just like, um, I'm, I'm, I go through a lot of different like hormone cycles um, because of uh, two different conditions. So I'm kind of constantly on some different type of hormone, like whether it's progesterone or progestin or estrogen or like testosterone or sperona or whatever, like constantly kind of cycling through. And it screws with me <laughs> a lot. There'll, there'll be times where I'm like, do not touch me. And there are other times when I cannot get enough. Um, and basically like we, 
will have sex and he'll make sure that he lasts as long as he possibly can to give me as much as I possibly can have. Um, and then if he finishes and I still want to keep going, like we have toys and he's like, do you want me to go grab the toys? And if I say yes, like he will sit there and just, you know, play with me until I'm like, I'm done. And it can be hours. <laughs> like it, it, he's actually sat there for like an hour and a half just completely pleasuring me because that's what I want and he's totally okay with that and it's so great (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome sorry I'm gushing (laughs) that's good so were you um were you and Kyle together while you were dating this British asshole we were together for the very first bit of it um and then communication fell apart that was largely on my end I was more homesick than I realized and I kind of like freaked out a little bit um and so we broke up and then I continued to see British asshole who rose-colored glasses was an asshole at the time now he could burn in a fire I don't care but (laughs) a lot happened um sounds like it yeah but incredibly like I came back with this incredible guilt towards what happened between Kyle and I and he did absolutely everything in his power to reassure me like it's fine you found someone that you loved you know and I I was really in love with this other guy as well Um, and you know he was there for me as a friend and convinced me that he was like over me and what had happened with me, which was a total lie, apparently, um, and his way of keeping me in his life through friendship and the way that he says it was, it's like, even though it was painful to have me as a friend, it's better than not having me there at all. And yeah, no, he was incredibly supportive and he was there for everything that I needed and we grow we grew really really close cuz we didn't really have that friendship base before and now you know we kind of went into this relationship that we are in right now agreeing that we really really love each other but our friendship comes first because that's what we want at the end of the day like I want I want to be able to sit down and have a conversation with him I want to be able to tell him about you know my really shitty day or you know what my coworker said or you know something that I'm really excited about and I want be, want him to be able to come home and just you know completely spill about everything that has happened and you know sex aside that's that's what's really important to me and I think really important to us as well Good. Uh, So do you think it's the closeness of your relationship that makes um, the sex between the two of you so good? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think like two or three days ago, we were in bed. um, We had just finished having sex. Very wonderful sex. um, And laying next to each other and our pillow talk... Um, it it was one of those periods where I was going through the hormonal thing where I wasn't quite finished yet so I was just kind of like teasing him a little bit so he wasn't hard anymore 
Um, and he was like, do you, do you want to like see how I play with my dick? And I was like, yeah, no, I definitely do. And like immediately, like I'm not horny anymore. It's, it's hilarious. I want to see. Um, and he, he's circumcised. So he, he was like, sometimes I like to pretend that I'm not circumcised. And so he took his flaccid penis and he pushed it like in on itself. (laughs) And you know, um, those like gel toys, um, like, they had, like, a liquid inside, and, like, it kept on going, you know? Like, you could... I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. So they, they had, like, they were different colors, they were glittery. Yeah, and, like, you'd squeeze it in one direction, and it would come out and this it would, way. Yeah, and it would slide. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so, like um, basically his dick was doing that, because you could, like, compress it in on itself, and then kind of release a little bit, and it'd, like, come back up, and then you could... It was so much fun. Like a little, like, slippery whack-a-mole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh dear. And it was I can't so that just happened it was, and I just said that. It was so much fun. Um and then um he started getting hard again. Um but then I was like, "Do you want to see what I do when I'm like just messing around with myself?" Like and neither of these were like in a sexual manner. It was more just like this is weird things that I do with my body. <laughs> um and uh my uh labia minora is kind of I have longer lips than you know some people do cool. and I like to you know just play with them they're little flaps they're fun they're yeah. interesting they make weird noises um not really but you know if you flick them together anyways <laughs> <laughs> and so like I was like and this is what I do and he was like oh that's really cool and then he got on top of me and we started having sex again and it was really great um but it, it's like that kind of thing where it's just like we have no holds barred on our bodies like the weird the bad the ugly everything like that it's like that's fine it's your body Mm -hmm. um well I see what you mean about finding like the humor in sex and in bodies and relationships (laughs) I think that's really beautiful yeah oh man well we have covered your history from your first little like quickie i guess in the bathroom (laughs) yeah uh, to your current partner what would you say that you've learned um over the course of your experiences and how have you grown um i think the biggest thing is that i've learned i've learned that sex can be anything you know it can be healing it can be forgiveness it can be anger it can be happiness and joy um like the the first time that Kyle and I when we were when we first had sex after being back together after so long it was such it was a more emotional and mental experience than it was physical and afterwards I just broke down in tears and it's like it's all of these different hormones bubbling up in your body and it's like you know, the, the, the excitement and the fear and the, um, all you're putting everything out on the line, you know, because you're, you're sharing your body with someone and it all comes crashing down into this kind of existential wave, I guess, like that. I, it's, it's not good. It's not bad. It's, it's everything. It's a mix of the two. Um, I, I've learned to embrace the, the hilarity in sex because I think that that's some of my 
fondest memories of is is when I get to be able to laugh with my partner because it is hilarious. Um, and I've learned that, you know, I, I think going back, like, there is no one way to have sex. Not even talking about, like, the different positions or anything, but, you know, there's... Everyone's different. Like, some people like like being really soft, and that's a very different type of sex than, you know, um, you only have, like, ten minutes before you have to get up and go, so, like, hey, let's have a quickie before I have to leave for work, or, you know, you haven't seen this person in a while kind of sex, or I've had a really hard day, and... I kind of just need to get off, but I don't really want to have sex, sex, you know, that, that mm-hmm. kind of, there's so many different things and none of it's wrong. None of it's bad. It's, it's what you need. Sex is all about what you need and what you can get from it because all in all, it's in the end, it's a release, you know, whether it's a release of emotions or, you know, physicality or any number of different things. It's, it's, it's for pleasure. It's for good. It's for healing. So very well said. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you, Ariana, so much for coming on to the show. I have loved interviewing you. <laughs> thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Do you have any closing words for the listeners? Go out, have a lot of sex, but be safe. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you again. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Thanks for listening to The Peak, which is hosted and produced by me, Robin. Our theme music was written by Johnny Manchild of Johnny Manchild and the Poor Bastards. You can follow us on Facebook or at our website, thepeak.blueberry.net. That's thepeak.blueberry.net. If you have a question or comment about anything we talked about today, or if you would like to be a guest on the show, send me an email at thepeakpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.